1: Shut
0: up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to 4th Down Focus brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of 4th Down University, a company focused on training and development of kickers, punters, snappers, and coaches. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron, and what a wild season it has been to this point. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all NFL and college football action this fall. With a new website and even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. And don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports. Episode 55 of the podcast welcomes coach Brian Egan. Egan was an All-American kicker for Prattville High School in Alabama, drawing interest from several universities. He would eventually commit to Mississippi State, where he developed a passion for the intricacies of kicking. This led him to coaching, where he is now the national director of one-on-one kicking camps, Egan currently hosts year-round training programs in Dallas and Austin, Texas, both of which have produced several Division One specialists. Coach, it's an honor to have you on the show. How are you doing today?
1: Dan, what's up, man? It's a pleasure being here. I'm doing great. This is a beautiful day here in Frisco,
0: Texas. Yeah, you're in Frisco, man. Yeah, beautiful fall morning. And you're a you're a cowboy too, right? I, I just saw they had a pretty big dub. Yeah, man, that was big to go on the road like that, in New England. And, Take down Belichick's always tough. You got a Cowboy fan for sure. I thought it was classy. I thought it was classy. I mean, obviously Dak executed, but CeeDee Lamb, the way that he he didn't react because that guy was fired up, man. I don't know if he should have maybe, you know, he definitely invited a little bit of taunting, but I just thought it was neat how there wasn't a reaction there. He just laughed and said, look, man, I won, I won this game. There's, I'm smiling yeah. because I can, you know, uh, but – yeah, I'd just love to talk to you more about this uh, this taunting rule and how it's affected this year. but I think Dude, it's yeah, nuts I think, I think these guys earned it, man. i I can see at development level and and maybe even college football, but at this level, I mean, these guys are, you know what we do, they're they're one in a few in the world that get to do this. Um if they want to go have a little extracurricular fun, if it's not affecting the, the flow of the game and the tempo and TV timeouts, um, I, I'm all for a little bit of that personality.
1: Yeah, I am too. I mean, we got enough stops in the game now, you know, with the TVs and, and everything going on. And to me, it's like those guys, I mean, you earn that. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, you don't want to get the game out of control, but ultimately you're out there entertaining millions and millions of people in the audience watching at that level. You know, it's just like, you know, when you're watching boxing or UFC or other sports, you want to see a little mix of entertainment and it brings a little more attention whether they like it or dislike it. It gives you something to talk about if you dislike it. If you like it, it brings a little more emotion
0: to the game. So I'm a fan of it. Yeah, because these guys are all their own personal brands you know, and um, you don't have to invest in that brand. If you don't like the taunting or the flauntiness or the way someone cares himself or says something, guess what? You have discretion. You don't have to be a fan of that person. In fact, you can despise that person. But I think there are people that that are drawn to those types of people. And I think that those people should be allowed to be fans of that if they want, you know, we're, we're free to do a lot in this country. I don't know why we can't celebrate.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, if you want to limit it, I understand the like lead trying to get a small grasp on everything, but why don't you just create like a three or four second window post play where you can just get it over with and then let's get back to the huddle and keep it moving. You now, granted, if this is drawn out and it's a little excessive, I, I kind of get it. But, you know, for instance, like Zeke, when he gets the first down, he does the feed me, boom. That's very quick, but that's part of his brand. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. brands that on T-shirts. He does a lot of things with that. And that's very quick. It's very subtle. Now, granted, he don't get flagged by it, but why don't you just give those players a you know three or four second window get your get your celebration and let's just move on that's how i feel about it
0: we went off on a tangent which we probably will a lot (laughs) because you and i I have gone back a long time man this is a special show for me because i i got to coach you i got to coach with you i've got to see you grow up man and i'm really proud of what you're doing and part of what i want to do today is talk about what you're doing but last week we talked about the evolution of specialists and you began your kicking career early in the 2000s, quite a long time ago. You're getting old too. Yeah. And uh, you, immediately, just like me, you transitioned to coaching right after you stopped playing college football. And um, having been around the kicking industry for nearly 20 years now, can you share your perspective on this evolution of specialists and evolution of?
1: Yeah. No. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to to be around the game at a high level since I kind of stepped into it. I think it was like 2004, 2005 when I kind of really stepped foot forward into like the kicking industry. So everything was still kind of green around the edges back then, you know. Like there was there were certain companies and coaches that were there, you know, the Ray Pelfries and people like that of the world, and then you know, obviously you know one on one camps and there were certain camps that were there, but it was very limited. It wasn't as uh, as detail oriented, I guess you would say. It's more just, I mean, just like everything in life, things evolve, right? You know, receivers are getting better. DBs are getting better. Linemen are getting better. It's the evolution of the sport. And the last thing I think we should have done is is keep ourselves back there. So seeing everything evolve, now you have a lot more coaches and opportunities for guys more nationwide to to get theirself out there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when it comes down to it, like, you know, there's certain places, I think, are very um, generic. But then there's also a lot more out there of training. There's a lot more, Camps, I guess you would say, out there, it's more of a specific, detailed thing now. It's become a, a bigger thing. You see a lot more kickers now than, say, back in the early 2000s, right? Now it's more of a thing. You see parents more going, hey, we want to stay away from football because the head, but you can go be a kicker, right? Or, hey, you know, Billy's a soccer player at the local high school. His coach really wanted him to consider kicking. So you see that going on a lot more volume now. You know, because now it's more of a popular thing to do, I feel like.
0: Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. It's definitely it's a trend for the best, you know, because it does help the game. I think a lot a long time, especially in the 90s, late 90s, when I played, uh, it was a big transition that was about to happen where, you know, there was a one or two other kids in the state of Florida when I was coming up that I sought out through just performance and newspaper articles or like, whatever like oh there's a kid there was a kid at Sarasota Riverview right his name is Mike Schaefer he's still a friend of mine today but we would we found each other through our performance in games is what I'm trying to get at and 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 now (laughs) there's five kids in this county that can kick pretty well I don't know if they're college kickers but I, I was the only one for for a hundred miles, you know, and now, now you can, yeah, do, you go one mile sure. this way, one mile that way. You got a division one punter that lives right over here. It's cool because I think it it just means, like you said, more people are doing it and not only more people and soccer players, right? I think more people in baseball and, and everything. Yeah, more just general
1: athletes. You see a lot of the athletes are evolving as the specialists. Look at some of these kids. Look at Pat O'Donnell, for instance. Went out to the combine and ran, what, like a four or five bench press like 23 times. Like, that's an athlete, bud. That's not just a punter. That's, you put Pat on the basketball court, I guarantee he can probably hoop. Yeah. You know, I, I bet there's multiple sports throughout his life
0: that is pretty talented at. And that's just to name one guy just who was off the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're so right. The guys that play on Sunday, obviously I think people now are starting to to realize and expect that these guys are, they're pretty athletic too. They just happen to be really gifted at kicking, punting and snapping. Um, But I think like you're right at the college level, FBS level, these kids could probably play another position at the FCS level <laughs> they're, they're, they're bec- yeah. they're becoming They are they are they are becoming 646563 they they their vertical is 35 inches. They're strong. They've got a good core. Their first five yards are incredible because they played, you know, other sports like mentioned. So I just love where it's going and I think it is going in the right direction. Yeah, and
1: it's the evolution of just like we talked about the game and everything that goes along with the game. Now you have trainers that are more specific, the way they're training these athletes and and getting them to become more explosive. You have coaches who are more detailed and honed in on the technique and the development of the movement and the form of the athlete, what makes sense, what what is more natural to the guy. So now everything is just a little more detailed and tailored throughout the whole process. I
0: I feel like that's why you see everything kind of climbing the ladder, you know, especially kicking. So all these high school kids, right? There's 17,000 plus high schools that play organized football, um, not counting eight man, uh, and times that by three because there's a kicker, punter, and snapper on a team. You got 50,000 people that are that are doing it. They're flirting with it, or they're taking it very seriously, or somewhere in between. Um, and it's our passion, what you and I do. We coach kicking, punting, and snapping. So. That being said, a large number of our listeners are these high school specialists that have these dreams and aspirations to kick on CBS on Saturday at 3.30. What advice would you give to these high school specialists um, who need some direction in meeting this goal? Well, I mean,
1: obviously, the first thing I would say is be very self-aware of where you're at right now. You know what I'm saying? I think it's one thing to have a vision and then you're always going to have a circumstance, right? So my vision is I want to play on CBS on Saturdays. My circumstances, I'm not there yet, right? So obviously, what is the process going to be for me to make those two, you know what I'm saying, coincide together? Am I going to just be a, a, a visionary or am I going to you know, create a routine and a process, a day-to-day process and routine of creating habit, building into that? Cause you're not just going to wake up the next day and be a CBS figure. You know, when it comes down to it, I've been blessed to coach a lot of talented kids and you know, a lot of natural talented kids. Right. But every one of those guys, whether it's, look at Caleb Sturgis, the day I met Caleb Sturgis, I go, that kid's playing in the league, <laughs> you know, no matter what, but, the process he took, you know, you don't see that, but he was grinding each day. He was developing his craft. He was working with you on kickoffs, field goals. He was honing in on a skill. He built himself a routine and a process to get himself to Florida. Then after Florida, how do I get myself to the next step? Right. So I, I feel like that's the biggest thing is you got to commit to a process. You got to be self-aware. You got to focus on your vision over your circumstance and you got to create a process, you know, and what is that process going to be for you? I think it's ultimately up for the athlete. I know what I tend to think helps guys become successful in a process, but that would be the biggest thing to me is like, be very disciplined and commit to your process of what you want. Amen. You know, is go ahead. No, I'm just saying, cause like, I think last time we talked about, you know, I don't wanna just dream about it, man. I, I gotta put it in perspective. I gotta get it on paper. I gotta get it moving into action. And it's one thing for me to focus on the big goal, and that's the CBS, but I got like 700 days before I can even get there. How am I getting better in between those days to get to the end goal? You know, it's creating good habits and process.
0: I, I love it. No, I was gonna say, I had a kid on, uh, Ben from American University, no, sorry, Catholic University of America. <laughs> I learned I didn't know where that was but yeah he's in Maryland area and uh he said that the other day he's like I think the biggest thing that helped me get to where I am because this was my goal I wanted to play college football I wanted to go to an elite academic school like they're a very very good school um and he said what you just said he said I not only had a process but I, I had a belief in the process and even after a bad day or a bad week or shoot I've had bad weeks, consecutive weeks. I didn't deviate away from sure. the, the process because I realized that, like you just said, I have hundreds of days. Sometimes there's two or three years that some of these kids have in front of them that they can utilize to their advantage or their disadvantage. Right? No, hundred percent. It, it takes discipline. It's self-discipline day to day. You know what I'm
1: saying? When it comes down to it, it's like, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what I'm not supposed to do. And that's a hard freaking battle, man. Sometimes, especially as these guys are young teenagers, it's going, man, it's Saturday morning. Uh, I know I should probably just go roll out and stretch, but my boys want to go to breakfast and go watch a game. Are you disciplined enough to find 15 minutes to roll and stretch, right? Or do we just brush that off? I know what I'm supposed to do to get there. I know what I'm not supposed to do, right? And that's a day, day-to-day battle. you got to wake up and answer the bell. you got Mike Tyson across the ring, bro, every morning. you got to wake up and come out swinging, right? And it doesn't matter what the circumstance is currently. You got to keep going and you got to stay disciplined to that process, whether you want to or not, that's, what's going to find that edge in you. I feel like.
0: And I want to be very clear to the, to the young guys that are listening to the show that uh, you don't have to be married to your process, meaning to everything verbatim every single day to the minute. Cause there, there, you know, there's a part of life that needs refinement uh, and, and definitely your process needs to be refined for, for the better. If after a few weeks you think that something's excessive or you want to add something in that's new that's helping the process, I think I think that's strongly encouraged. However, I think if it's changed every day, if you refine this process every single day, you're going to remain stagnant. You're not going to go anywhere. You're going to stay right where you are for a while. So I love what you said. Again, is you've got to trust this process. 100. You know, you have to have a belief in it, and that's where I want to lead next you and I talked last week and I wrote down notes. Like I was talking to my therapist, Like, (laughs) you know, like, no, you had like some quotes that I just, I loved and they weren't quotes. You were, there were thoughts, but I mean, they they really were, they could be used as quotes. And I love what you talked about when you talk about self belief, right? You, you stress to your athletes to be a believer and not a dreamer. Can you elaborate on this? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, Self-belief, I, I
1: feel like, is a huge advantage in life in general, not just sports, not just kicking. When it comes down to life in general, man, you know, you're going to hit adversity as a father. You're going to hit adversity as a man or a woman, a young man, young. Every day is going to be different. It's going to have a different adversity that comes with it. So you just got to truly believe in yourself when it comes down to it because you're all you got. You know, when it the day-in, day-in process is like you have to believe in yourself. And what I mean by like being a believer not a dreamer is like a lot of times you only see your dreams when you're asleep. You know what I'm saying? That's not your reality. I want to believe and I want to see it with my eyes and have the vision of I'm believing in this, what I'm doing. And that's how I become like disciplined in my process because I'm not just dreaming of it. everybody. I dream of living in a hundred million dollar mansion. Whatever. No, like you have to believe you can get there. You have to believe that everything you're doing is for a purpose and you're not just, dreaming of it you'll get
0: lulled in a dream i want to believe in it amen i i love what you said earlier today about you know you got tyson across from you and i and i think that's a really good parallel to um the kicker you need to outperform in the same state for the same scholarship you know you have you oftentimes our biggest um adversaries right are invisible right? Although they're not in front of us, they're still there. And I think that these young guys don't realize that like, you might be the big dog in your County. You might even be the big dog in your state, but guess what, Billy, if you play in Kansas, I hate, I don't mean Kansas is the worst, but if you're not the best in Texas, I don't know how much that holds weight or Florida or California or Georgia. There's like four States where if you're the, if you're the best in your state and you're in high school, you've got a very, very good chance of playing at the FBS level. However, there's 46 other states out there where you could be the best in your state and not the 50th best in California.
1: Yeah. And and I think that almost like kind of reverts back to like the circumstance and the vision kind of thing of the circumstances. You might be the best kicker in Kansas. Right. But if your vision is being the best kicker in the country, you got to put yourself outside that box, you know, and. That's where self-belief comes in. Me, Dan, you've known me since a young man. I've always had a huge, tremendous self-belief. And it may be on the verge of cocky and confident, maybe flirting that line a little bit. But you know what? I knew when it came down to those 1.3 seconds, all eyes are on me, bud. If I don't believe in me, how the hell are all these other people supposed to believe in me? Right? So I got to walk it. I got to have a demeanor of belief in myself. If I'm walking around questioning myself, you're going to see that. And it's going to affect what I'm going to perform like. But if I'm walking around and I believed in everything I've done to get to this point and trusted my process and executed self-discipline day in and day out, there's nothing not to believe in at that point. That's faith to
0: believe. I'm going to remind you of something you probably won't remember because it was not just one moment, but it was several. When I met you as a high school Brian Egan and you were the number one kicker in the country, I'll remind everyone, the number one in the nation, Max Preps All-American, all that jazz, when I talk to you in a training situation and sometimes it was just me and you, I'd ask you stuff and you know, I'm, I'm pretty funny out there. I want I want to get under your skin sometimes, but like I'd ask you sometimes things like you think you're the greatest in the, in the country. And you'd look at me in, in the eyes and say, from what I've seen, you know, it'd be something like yeah. that, but you would look at me in the eyes and there were, no, there was no smirk really. There was like, you were, you were looking at me in the eyes. Yeah. And saying, I believe it. I believe so. Where I, I, I look at some super talented kids, Brian, and when I ask them a question like that, do you think you're the greatest today in the country? Like right now, do you think you're the greatest? And they, 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 they chuckle, like, yeah, I think you know I could be. And like what they're telling me is they definitely aren't. They don't it. believe that. They don't. They're not bothered to themselves, and they should be, right? It doesn't align their ability and their belief in their ability. It's not aligned. And that's a problem. And I don't think that people realize that if you don't get that belief going before you get to major college football and you get exposed out there, how are you going to react to that if you don't believe in yourself? Exactly.
1: And and I think going back to like just minding your conversation about that, the reason I could look you in the eyes and tell you, yeah, I do believe that Dan or Coach Lundy at the time, you know, is because I knew everything that led into that point of you asking me that question and there were zero stones unturned behind me that I'd worked to get to that point and show me if you're better than me, show me. Cause I I tell you what, I put in two or three years in this every day and and the grind of watching film and and writing the reviews on the film of what I thought to the drill work. And if you're better than me, show me, you know, because I truly believe in the process that got me to that point. And I just felt like I couldn't fail at the time.
0: I wish I could have bottled you up, man, because there's very few guys like you mentioned, Caleb Sturgis, and there's there's the Kairos, but everyone knows people like you and them because of their ability. But I think that there's a lot of people that are out there that have that ability, but I think very few believe in it, even when things go wrong.
1: Of course. And that's usually the toughest times to believe in it, right? Is when you hit that road bump and that adversity. But it's just like, you live in Florida, you get hurricane seasons. Hurricanes come to pass, right? It sucks for a minute, sucks for a minute, but eventually the sun's coming back out, right? Same thing with adversity in life. It's gonna hit, you gotta weather the storm, but you throw away your you know, your coat when the, the summer comes? No, you gotta save it for the winter coming. Things come to pass in life and the goods, the bads, the uglies, you're gonna have situations where you see all of those. You're gonna see a good and a high and a game winner. You're gonna probably see a big miss. And you're gonna see a game where you kick two out of bounds and miss an extra point, maybe. Hope not, but could happen. But just know, you gotta believe in what you've done to that point. And everything comes to pass.
0: I think that kickers need to hear this, and punters, um, especially kickers, though, that don't don't crave that "I did okay today" moment. Because when you play in a game, you're a hero or you're a zero. There's really no in between. I never really hear someone that will call me and be like, "My fantasy kicker had a, an okay day." they either did wonderful yeah. or they didn't and you heard about it right so you can't yeah. really be complacent right you can't when i ask you a question do you think you're the greatest in the field right now if you can't answer that with confidence yes then you're not and you probably won't win even if you're not even if you are the best that day like performance wise and ability wise you're not you didn't grow right you and and it's only it's only a matter of time until that that doubt is going to come out man and it's going to be the wrong time right yeah
1: Look, and and everybody has small insecurities in their life, right? And to me, it's like, how do I doubt that insecurity? I overwork what's making me insecure about it. So, like, for a kid to not be able to really look you in the eyes and answer that question is because he's questioning his process probably and and how serious he's taken. Has he put in the work? Because when it comes down to it, you got to look yourself in the mirror each day and go, if I want to be the best kicker in the country, This is what it takes. Did I do what it took today? Maybe, maybe not. Only you can answer that question, right? You can tell, oh, coach, I worked hard today and did my drills. Okay, you might have. But did you do them with a purpose or were you going through the motions? You know, if if you do everything with a purpose and, you, like I said, the vision of what you want and you're working to, you can be confident and believe in what you're speaking because you know the work you've taken to put into it. Now, if you don't do the work, it's harder to believe what you're about to say. Cause you know, deep down, it's
0: nonsense. Don't just clock in and clock out for the sake of filling hours, because that's not going to do it. And I, I'm glad you said that. I think it's very important. And what I do with my higher level kids that are high school that I think are going to do it is I tell them like, I know you've got a Monday idea, right? You probably got a, I don't know, five or 10 no steps. If you hit three flawlessly, three flawless, no steps, move on. F. Why not reward? Or th- that's rewarding your body. That's rewarding the behavior. That's, re- that's it's, it's a mindset. There's your refinement, your process, because if you sure. do, if you do seven more and you start, you know, doing less and less and less and it just starts deviating from what you want, you just did it for the sake of doing 10 instead of, Hey man, reward yourself three. Let's Good. move on. Let's have a lighter day today because we're on clearly we're doing something correct.
1: It's the quality over the quantity. You know what I'm saying? If you're if you're getting the quality that you, you're looking to achieve, there's no point in adding the quantity to it because now we're just adding reps, especially during the season. Do I, okay, I have seven more no steps, right? Let's we'll say it happens the same thing on one step and then transition in the pool. You just added 21 reps to your day. Yeah. If you do that three times a week, you just added 60 plus reps to your week leading into a game day Friday or Saturday. Yeah, and right. It,
0: and the monotony goes away, right? You don't, you don't have to. Fa- it's like class. I hate to say it, but like, there's 51 minutes in a biology class, and you got to be there for all of them. Uh, I, you know, not in football, right? Not in kicking, especially. Mm-hmm. I think that you, you have the power and complete control over your growth and development and what you're learning sure. or what you're sustaining, right? Hopefully, these good kids are trying to maintain. And I think it's very important that like you mix it up, but mix it up in the way that's going to, again, not deviate from your process because you have a belief in your process. And that's the way to success. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think you said a very good statement earlier when you're like, don't just commit yourself to one process, like evolve with your process, just like we evolve with the athlete. If you figure out that something that you're doing is like, like we're talking about right now is a little more just time tedious opposed to focus. Let's eliminate that. It's like a wasted movement. Right let's just yeah. eliminate it. And cause ultimately that's really just losing your mental focus on what you're trying to do. Cause you're going through the, you know, the motions at that point.
0: So we talk about success a lot on this show and you've been doing the coaching thing for quite a while now, and you've been blessed. Very few people uh, are confided in like you to by kickers and punters who, who play on Sundays. So I, I wanted you to explain or share a little bit about your experience and seeing these specialists go in and out of organizations and get that opportunity or get a couple or why have some never gotten it? Could you, could you elaborate on what your experience is with the business of kicking? So, I mean, I mean, obviously you got your two or three guys, usually each
1: draft class, right. That are kind of like the main dogs that might get picked up late or, or whatnot, but a lot of, the guys that you see who are actually on these rosters weren't just drafted kickers or first-time pickups. A lot of them have been to two or three different teams, right? It's an opportunity and time and business when it comes down to it. If the opportunity is not right and the time is not right, doesn't matter how good you are. You're not going to walk yourself through that door. You might get cut from that organization, but that doesn't mean the time and opportunity at the next organization won't be there. So you really – Look, you dealt with it too. Being a free agent and guys trying to get into this league is super tough, right? There's a two, three, sometimes four year window of sitting at home, you know, not wanting to commit to a full-time job because that call might come in an hour, but it's, it's a world of the unknown. Right. And to me, that's, that's a tough thing for guys. It's staying committed, staying ready and really not knowing when that opportunity is going to come. And, Now you see it a lot. There's a certain pool of guys. I mean, to me, honestly, I think there's probably 100 athletes out there that can play in the NFL just at the kicker position right now. Granted, there's only 32 jobs. You got to be one of 32 in the world in the right time and opportunity to meet up to be one of those guys. Granted, you got to keep yourself in the door once you get there. That's all on you, right? But the pool is right now you see a lot of guys who are getting released or getting workouts are, are the same guys you see constantly getting the other ones, right? And it's, it's frustrating, I know, especially in particular for some, for some athletes that I work with it's because they're going, you know, Coach, I'm going to be certain like NFL caliber events or showcases or events that, you know, get me in front of the scouts and I'm performing very well. But I'm seeing guys from those events getting brought in. Well, those are the same guys who are getting circled to the pool. If you played, if you're on a team last year, you're going to get every chance you can to work yourself out of the league this year because they're going to bring you. Oh, well, he, he played in a game last year. He was on a practice squad last year. Oh, you know, the Jaguars just brought him for a workout. We're looking for a guy. Let's just work him out, right? So now you just bounce around workout to workout to workout. And it's the world of the unknown. And there's a lot of guys that can do it. But I feel like, you know, at – there's a lot of guys who are getting brought in for these workouts. I feel like they're circling them around where other guys could step
0: forward and really take advantage of. If that answers your question in a, in a big round, in a way. Well, no, that was it was a very open-ended question. But, no, that was insightful because I think a lot of people don't realize that there are 100 kids that probably can do it right now. And it is. Yeah. It's, but it's only the same – I would say 10 or 15 that are on the short list that are getting circulated around. So the other 50 are yeah, the other 50 are, are waiting their turn to get into the short list, right? Yeah. To get to get to get circled around for a year or two, to then maybe have a good workout at the right time. Um, and it's difficult because these these young men are usually in their 20s, early 20s, often just getting out of college. Um, they got to get a job. And a good example is Matt Wright. Matt Wright that just the game winner, right for the gags Jag- yeah. in London. Matt Wright, you know a, a lot of people remember Matt filled in for Chris Boswell for a few games and executed well, but he yep. he's gonna lose. He's gonna lose that spot. Chris Boswell is pretty established in Pittsburgh these days, um, yeah, he is. and invested in. But my point is this: what people don't know about Matt Wright is this. Matt Wright is a mechanical engineer. He was awarded the like emeritus award. He was a number one engineering student in the in UCF in his grad class. Uh, he then went on to get a job at Lockheed Martin, um, who also knew he was a free agent and had just, you know, had a, a stint with the Steelers. And he, and he fully disclosed that, you know, my dream is NFL and if it comes again, I, I, might, I might need to take a little time away. And they were very respectful of that. And, I, and shout out to Lockheed Martin because they, yeah. they don't need to wait on anybody either. Just exactly, but but I think they saw what you and I talked about. Matt Wright is a good kicker. Is he better than all the other 100 that, that aren't in the league? Hell no, I'll say it with confidence. He doesn't kick off as well as Nick Vogel. I'll say it, you know, but and both are great, Matt's excellent. But my point is, mm-hmm. Matt paid his dues. Matt got up early. When I say early, he was 4.30 start and did what you said. He said, well, Coach Egan said stretching is a priority. He did that, Brian. I thought I was waiting to talk about Matt because you said it earlier, stretching. Matt found 30 minutes a day and then mixed it up with some Pilates on YouTube and some yoga. Just mixed it up, right? Like we talked about, he refined his process, but it was a part of his process. Every single day was stretching. And then sometimes it was an hour at 4 p.m. when Lockheed Martin shut down or something, but he always kicked, too. He always lifted. He always watched himself. He'd always text me and be like, hey, this is the one little glitch I'm seeing in my plant side. What do you think about this? I'm trying this. I mean, I love the kid. I, I'm so proud of people like that because he wasn't given that job. He earned that that moment.
1: He earned it from UCF, too. I remember when he was a young young man at UCF, you know, at like the Bud Asher event, I think I was able to meet him back down there in Daytona. Um, and he might have been a maybe a freshman at UCF back then, right? at one of the Bud Asher events. And yeah, like I said, I think it speaks volumes and to take a, not take away from his athletic side, but go back to what you said of being the number one grad student at UCF was there 60,000 students in that university. So what does that tell you about that individual? He's committed to what he's doing. There's he has non negotiables in his routine that bro, no matter you don't, you think some nights he's studying that engineering, he wants to get up at 4 30? Probably not, no, but it's a non negotiable because he knows what he wants, he knows his circumstance, he knows his vision. What does it take to get, get him, you know, intertwined, right? And to me, that speaks volumes of him. Not only, I mean, he the fruits of his labor are showing now you've seen his process throughout this time. It's hard, man. It's tough. It's like, do I give up on it? Do I go to work? I got a, you know, engineering degree. I could do a lot with it, bro. It's tough. Right. But he stayed true to what he was doing and stayed committed to what he was doing and very disciplined to what he was doing. And now the world got to see the fruits of the labor over there in London.
0: Amen. And 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 say it doesn't work out. I mean, it, it's looking good. Josh Lambo was released. Uh, Matt Wright got the job for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Who knows? It's one day at a time, right? You got to, like of you course. said earlier, you got to, you got to keep that job too. It's hard enough to get in. It's even harder yeah. to keep it. Yeah. Um. But best of luck to him. But he's got a great contingency plan with Lockheed Martin, right? <laughs> yeah. He set himself up for a great future, regardless. And and it's like I tell a lot of guys because I
1: I know guys and train with guys that you know, hey, you know three, four games, and then never play again, right? The fact, and I tell him, look, there's not a failure in that. You're one of 32 in the world for three or four weeks, bro. You can take that the rest of your life, and a lot of people can't say that. I feel like I was a super talented kicker. I got to kick with a lot of greats and guys that are on the next level, but I didn't have the right process along the way as I got older to put myself in that situation,
0: right? I couldn't agree more because – I make it very clear to my athletes. I don't care if they're a 24 year old man or a a, a six, I had a sixth grade there a day, you know, little guy, I work with him for an hour and I make it very clear, especially when the parents are overseeing that I'm not flawless. These are the, these are all the mistakes, All, all this coaching that I know and how to adjust. These are all the things I did wrong. That's why I'm a good coach. No one messed up more than me um, on and off the field. I might add, I'm not going to disclose some of the mistakes I've made, but I love it. It got me to thinking what you just said, got me to thinking of this. The best coaches are typically the most imperfect people that made adjustments to themselves. Yeah. And then now say, wow, that feels really good. This is the right way to go about doing things. For sure. I, I, I have messed up. I have fallen short my whole life. I still do. But like you just said earlier in the show, I've got a belief in myself, and I and I and I'm gonna get up after a bad day, or I've had a bad year, I've had a bad two years, believe it or not, and I'm only 40 years old, but I I, I do believe in myself, and I think it 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 only holds weight because I do believe in my process, and I believe that like there will be better days, like you said, man, it's it's coming. The future's yeah. still there. The future's sure. not going anywhere. In fact, in the short term, it might not it might look bleak but the future will never not be there. It, it, it's what future do you want for yourself? And I think that when you can assure a good future with the attitude that you've talked about today, with the realization that it can and will go wrong. But my response to it is is the indicator of how it's going to go moving forward.
1: One of the best things, and you're spot on with that, I think one of the best things I learned and I heard it from Rex Ryan a couple of years ago at the hula boys. He's, he's a stud, man. He's a great guy and great coach. And he said something, he was like, guys, you know, he was talking to both teams and you know, I was blessed, man. Mike Singletary was a head coach. So I got to deal with some really big time people and just hear their insight on everything and what it takes. And the biggest thing I kind of took away from all of them is guys making it in this business is about improvising and adjusting. You got to improvise what you're doing and you got to adjust what you're doing in order to be successful. Because there's going to be times, like you said, you're going to have the bad days and the bad years and maybe, you know, moving forward. But are you committed to what you're doing? And we got to make adjustments and improvise along the way to tailor it more to what is going to bring us success, right? Because you're not going to wake up and just be successful. You've got to answer that bell every day. And some days are harder. Some days there's Lenny Lewis. Some days there's Mike Tyson. But all of them are coming out swinging. And if you don't,
0: you're going to take your step, you know, back in that corner and be over with. <laughs> you got to believe it. Yeah, here's a parallel. The best people will make adjustments at halftime, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you either will or you won't. If you if you don't, you know, someone and someone does, you're gonna lose that half. And it might be yeah, it might, it might be just enough to beat you. But my last question for you is coaching related again. I just want to know, like, how coaching has molded you into the person that you are today. Whew, man, it's everything to be honest, man. Like, um,
1: and I think. It goes a long way to what you say is like, you know, me personally, I want I would never want my athletes to make the same mistakes I did. You know what I'm saying? Because you see what mistakes bring on and off the field and certain things like that. And for me, it's like, man, this is a game I love. Right. This is something that, you know, we talk about a lot of people's goals, NFL, NFL, NFL. And then you get into a certain point in your career where ball gets taken away from you. Right. And that was everything to me. I don't know really how to adjust, but I knew what I loved and I knew how, I, what I was passionate about. And that was seeing guys develop themselves and move forward into the next level and helping guys achieve those goals, helping guys understand that grades matter. Cause that's something maybe I slide it on or understand guys, you know, process mindset and just help them become young men really more than anything. I think that's where, I think that's where we help out as coaches the most because I think we're difference makers and not coaches. And Lou Corella, who was a strength coach um, for us at Mississippi State, who's now at Georgia Tech, he said he, – he's got great videos. And he said that – he said, I want to be a difference maker, not a coach. And a difference maker is going to tell you things you don't want to hear all the time. A difference maker is going to ride your butt until you do right. It's not going to always be a great friendship along the way. But I want to help you change your life and see things that you might not necessarily see right now. And I think, to me – When the game got taken from me and, you know, you go through this period in life where you're lost and you don't really know what to do, I knew where home was always. And I knew if I could give those guys what I put into the game, that I can help these young men become successful, not only on the field, but in life as well, you know? And not everybody's going to drink the Kool-Aid, right? But I tell you what, I'm going to have the Kool-Aid there if you want to drink it. And it's going to be up to you whether you take a swig or not and, you know, to me, that's what matters the most to me is, you know, I get the biggest rushes and highs in the world when you get those texts from the kids, Coach, man, I balled out today and I did this. And to me, it, it means more when you see a guy grow in that process. Like, for instance, I have some athletes that if you told me two years ago, like, this kid probably might never even take a rep in high school. But now you get a text, Coach, I hear a 36-yarder to take the lead the other night with two minutes left. What? It gives me chills thinking about it right now. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew that kid committed himself, and we, we meshed along the way for him to see, for me to help bring things out of him that he might not have seen and believed in himself two years ago, right? And to me, that matters to me. Changing, helping evolve people and, and not only kicking, but try to help them evolve in life matters to me, you know? And to me, I think that's kind of what helps make the coach I am because you know how I am, Dan. I'm right here. And if you're in my lane, we're going to drive this thing, you know, full speed. But if you're not in that lane, there's no concern of mine. And it's ultimately, you know, ultimately up to the athlete to choose if they want to enter the lane. But if you enter the lane, we're going to run with it, you
0: know. I think you're a good coach also because you, you hold yourself accountable. You don't – like a bad preacher, you know, preaches to the prisoners and he says one thing on Sunday, but then you go see him on Tuesday somewhere in town. And he and he's completely doing or, or saying or, or acting in a way that, that contradicts what he what he said in the pulpit. So, I think it's important for coaches to live how they coach. 100%. You know, um, if you're a stickler to your your kids, man, be a stickler about yourself. Yeah. You know, like wh- why why you 100 pounds overweight weight if it's so important for me to do yeah. off the field work? And I'm not saying I'm not saying you need to go kick 60 yard field goals because you think it's important they do. But what yeah. I'm saying. Is is you do you do a good job of you, you you set the tone on and off the field you you give them their expectations, but I think that you hold yourself accountable in seeing that like those expectations can be met under your supervision, and I think that's important.
1: Yeah, and, and you're right. And one thing I do is I try to evolve as a coach every day. Every time when I step on that field, I'm not the Brian Egan from yesterday. Brian again, from right now, and I might have evolved in my thought process over these 12, 24 hours since I've been on the field. I might see a detail that I might have saw differently. I've evolved with a bunch of the drills I do. Each time is how do I step on that field and be a better man, leader, and coach these guys? Because if I'm not buttoned up, how can I ask them to be buttoned up? And if I, If I step on that field with any lack of self-belief in myself or what I'm doing, they're not going to believe that either. And it's hard to lead young men, especially teenagers who've got the world – you know, there's a lot going on in their worlds right now. They need somebody to look up to not only as like a, a coach figure, but, you know, look into the manias as well, you know. And I think that helps guys. It's more easy to drink somebody's Kool-Aid when you know what it takes to make it and they're drinking it too, you know, and um, yeah. opposed to, you know, you're just trying to sell me on something. And it's never my way or the highway. I'm going to get better as a coach. I'm going to evolve as a coach. I'm not going to just be this way or this way or this way. I'm going to get better along the process. And,
0: you know, evolve, man. Improvise and adjust. Improvise and adjust. That's going to be my mantra for the day. Uh, I should use that on Mondays. That's my that's my days I need it most. but Yeah, for sure. Brian, man, I I appreciate you. And like always, I ask my guests uh, if you could share a few ways the audience could reach you. Should they have any follow up questions from this episode?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'd love for anybody who's got any questions to follow up. Uh, My Twitter account is at Coach Brian underscore Egan um instagram account would be brian underscore egan 35 or instagram account at 101 kicking underscore texas you can find me at any three of those platforms and uh any question i'd love to answer
0: yeah and we'll add all that stuff to the uh like description on the podcast network and everything so. perfect means a lot to everyone at fourth down focus especially me man that you were able to come on in today and share some information that will benefit all of us uh, please give us a five-star rating or a review subscribe to the show and share it with a friend if you have questions related to the podcast suggestions for future topics and guests or if you just have feedback for me you can reach me in several ways my website is fourthdownu.com my twitter and instagram are at fourth down you that's four t-h-d-o-w-n-u or you could simply find me by searching dan space lundy l-u-n-d-y on facebook or linkedin thanks again for joining us at fourth down focus presented by bet online we'll see you next week with an exciting new guest i hope 2021 is still treating each of you well and remember in all things give thanks